Lord, prepare our hearts to hear your word. May we receive what you have for us today and leave here going the right way in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 2. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So faith that produces works is alive. So beginning with verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren? What good is it if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If you're driving down the highway 100 miles an hour and a policeman pulls you over and says, sir, this is a 70 mile an hour speed limit, and you say, I believe in the laws of Texas, will that carry any weight with him? No, your works prove your faith. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and are naked, sounds better to say naked in church than naked. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. God bless you. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is, let's say it together, dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith. By my works. So faith can be seen in its works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They have a fear of God. When the Lord cast the demons out of that guy in the Gospels, he said, the demon said, have you come to torment us before our time? So you see, they have faith in the reality of God. They have faith in His Son, not saving faith, but they believe He exists. And they tremble. And they believe in a coming day of judgment. That's more than a lot of humans believe. 
Even Satan believed that Jesus had authority. He asked him to lay it down for him. That's more than some people believe and tremble. Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? The demons believe, but they don't go the right way. They don't live the way of faith. They're in sin, but they know their time is coming. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. I looked up verse 22 in multiple translations. They all say the same thing. That faith works together with works. One verse in the New Testament says, faith works by love. Love is a verb. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's a verb. The divorce epidemic in Hollywood is defended by, well, we just don't love each other anymore. Why not? We're commanded to love our, our mates. If we don't love each other, we need to repent. Will you go first? No, the mature one goes first. By saying that, you're showing your immaturity. So put your faith to work. It works by love. Was not Abraham our father, verse 21, justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? We're going to come back to that story at the end here. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect or made complete. It wasn't just empty words. Some will say, this contradicts the gospel. The reason we say that is the Reformation had such an impact on the church um, due to the emphasis that had to be made at that time. Uh, during the Dark Ages, man believed he was saved by his works and there was no faith in the works of Jesus. I have to go to confession. I have to say this many Our Fathers or I'm not forgiven. I have to have absolution or I'm damned. I have to burn so many candles for souls that are in purgatory. I have to, I have to, I have to put coins in the offering plate to get souls out of suffering. That's the things people believed back then, in the European region at least. And so Martin Luther discovered that, man, that, that the just shall live by faith. Literally, if you go back to the original quotation of the Old Testament, the just shall live their faith. But it all starts with faith, right? Before Abraham ever left his family, he heard the word of God, he believed the word of God, Faith was born. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And because he had faith, he obeyed and left not knowing where he was going, looking for a promise, looking for his child. That faith is what justified him. But that faith was proven by his actions. In Romans 4, verse 2, it says, if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So his faith justified him before God. And his works were the result of it. See that? His works were the result of his faith. But by faith, God justified him before God. 
Our faith is justified before man when we see proof in the pudding. Not that people are earning our approval or have to earn anything, but the fact remains we have to walk in wisdom. And Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. So one of the fruit of the Spirit is faith. Other fruits are love, joy, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, self-control. Whatever happened to self-control? It's out the window in our culture. It's a foreign concept. I just couldn't help it. I killed him. I made a mistake. Mistakes are something you do accidentally. But when there's planning, there's action, there's contriving going on, conniving, that is not a mistake. That is what the Bible calls sin. The sooner we confess it, the better. If we're believers, we'll recognize the error of our ways and go right, become believers. Can I get an amen? All right. Verse 22, do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It said that in Genesis 15. He was still named Abram. He hadn't been circumcised. So he's justified by his faith. But he already stepped out in faith, left his family, went to the land where he didn't know where he was going, went to Egypt came back from Egypt. So he was blessed by God and was responding to God's blessing. God chose him, gave him the word. He believed the word. That's where his righteousness was rooted. And because he believed, he followed it. So Luther had to emphasize this during the Reformation. The Reformers had to emphasize it to the point that they wanted to tear James out of the Bible. Their problem was they were Gentiles. You know, we have a disadvantage when it comes to the first scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, being Gentiles. The Hebrew word for believing is amen, which means to go right. It means to trust. It means to rely on. It's a foundational word in our life. That's what faith is. There's no concept in Hebrew of faith that does nothing. That's dead. That's easy believism. There's people going to hell today because they believe they believe. But they really don't believe because there's no fruit in their life. Jesus said on judgment day, many will come and say, I've done mighty things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. They believe they were his, but their faith was in their faith. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Verse 23, and a scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So we are justified by faith according to the New Testament. But John Calvin himself, there's a reformer for you, said we are justified by faith alone. But that faith will not stay alone. So the faith that justifies produces fruit. So our faith is not in faith, our faith is in the works of Jesus, which generates a desire in our hearts to please him. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins, suffered for you, rose from the dead for you, arose and ascended to be your high priest, did all these things for you, is working out everything together for good so that you can be conformed to his image, if you believe that, you'll live a life of inspiration and not condemnation. 
illumination and not desperation. Likewise, now here's a real curveball. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? She was not a believer. She was a prostitute who showed kindness to the Israeli spies to whom God was given the land. And although the way she did it was not righteous, she did her best as she knew how in her manipulative ways, protected them. So they were able to go back to Joshua and give their report. And she was blessed. She was told to hang a scarlet cord from her window. And when they conquered the city, her family would be spared. That scarlet cord was a picture of the bloodline going all the way back to the beginning. Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. She's included in the lineage of Jesus. Did you know that? Yep. She is honored when she had no faith, but she did have works. Verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Lord, speak to us, we pray. Amen. I'd like to speak to you on the subject after answering this question. Is salvation by faith or by good works? It's by faith. That's where it begins. But literally, we're saved by Jesus through faith. There's a lot of people trying to tone down their testimony in the culture right now because the name of Jesus is seen as offensive because he's so exclusive. You know? He's the stone of stumbling. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father except through me. I'm the man. That's what he said. Deal with it. But now people want to say when they're interviewed in the press or whatever, well, my faith tells me this, and my faith tells me that. Your faith will take you straight to hell if Jesus isn't the one in whom it is trusted. So when we're talking about faith today, we're talking about God-given biblical faith. Can I get a thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not by faith, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So what is the gift? The grace that moves God to give us the gift. Saving faith. You're going to hear the gospel in here today, and when you find yourself believing it, that could be saving faith dawning in your heart so that all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord to be saved, and it will happen. So that's Ephesians 2.8. Look at verse 9. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not by good works, for good works. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what makes us believers is Jesus. We're created in him. He said it is finished on the cross. He paid it all. He paid the ultimate penalty, death. Even though he wasn't worthy to receive that, he wasn't guilty. But in his innocence, his righteousness, and his purity, it happened so that his death 
could be applied as a payment to all of us. How does that happen? Well, through our forefather, Adam, through his sin, we are all made sinners. So likewise, Christ, who's called the last Adam, some say the second Adam, as though there's going to be a third. There's not going to be a third. He's the last Adam. So through his righteousness, we can be made righteous if we're born again. And the death that we should be taxed with, the fine we should pay, he has paid for us. He's taken our punishment upon him. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And he's done that. We're his workmanship. He did it for good works. See how faith creates good works. So our faith is not in our fruit. Our faith is in the orchard keeper, the fruit planter, the vine. We are just the branches. Amen. So we're going to talk to you on faith works. Can we say that? Faith works. The characteristics of biblical faith. What does it profit, my brethren, our first verse said today of James 2.14? What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? We're saved through faith, not by faith. So the answer is no. Got to keep our prepositions right when it comes to the gospel. Saving faith must be in Christ himself alone. We are saved by Jesus Christ alone. Who alone can save us by his finished works? So by his grace are we saved through faith. And that is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So you're not saved by your works, but your faith is proven by your works. And that's not of works. No one can, no one can boast that they save themselves. Mental assent saves no one. Having the right theology saves no one. Somebody said the 30 minutes of silence in heaven that we read about in the New Testament is so everyone can correct their Bible charts. We all have something to learn about. Verse 15, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? The implied answer is nothing. True faith is expressed by life-giving words. There's a place for speaking words of affirmation. There's a place for speaking words of faith over someone. Lord knows there's enough negativity out in the world. Well, you're just going to die of the cold. But if it's words of faith, they're followed up by action. If it's true faith, true faith is expressed by life-giving words and fruitful works, which it always produces. If it's faith, it will produce fruit. Well, what if, what if someone's on their deathbed? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you could say their faith causes them to call. God is merciful and righteous. Verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. We are saved through faith in Christ alone, 
But that faith will not remain alone. You see that? If all you have is faith in faith, you got nothing. If all you do is go to church and pay your dues, <laughs> we don't have dues around here, but we are supported by the faithful tithes and offerings, gifts, donations of people. When we have a fundraiser, it's not to operate this church, it's to bless the youth or, or missionary projects. Back to the sermon. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So if we're not saved by faith alone. Whoever said that was incorrect. We're saved through faith alone, but that faith will not stay alone. Verse 18, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. My dad used to say, boy, the world will read your life and open their Bibles or read your life and close their Bibles. So if we are believers, we must live like believers. Otherwise, if we're no different than the world who's bound up in bitterness and vindictiveness and revengefulness and conniving and scheming and worrying and anxiousness, how are we any different? We're living like unbelievers. But if we are true believers, the peaceable works of righteousness will be seen. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. Who knows that's true? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we don't live by what we see in the natural realm. We live by what we believe or what we see in the spiritual realm or what we see in the scriptures, what we see and what God is saying to us. We walk by faith in that. But seeing the unseen, faith will impact the seen world. So faith is invisible. It is the evidence of the invisible. And we walk by that and not by our senses. And the result of that, that faith will be seen. Don't we sing an old hymn, when our faith shall be seen? There's some things we believe and have faith for that we don't see yet. One day, our faith shall be sight, I think is actually the word. When our faith shall be sight. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of people wanting to talk after this sermon. <laughs> Verse 19, you believe there is one God, you do well. That's good. Even the demons believe and tremble. So do they have saving faith? No, they believe the right thing, but just not enough, and there's no fruit. Believing there is only one God is very good. That's a starting place. But believing so is not what will save anyone. In Texas, I've noticed at funerals, it's like everybody becomes a universalist. You have an open mic, they all put them in heaven, you know. I can see them right now looking down on us and uh, all that. And I went to a funeral once for a teenager who died naked, naked, sorry, literally naked, drunk in a stolen vehicle. Is that the fruit of saving faith? That preacher put him right inside the pearly gates. And there were dozens of teenagers listening to this. Do you think they take the Christian faith seriously? Or that kind of witness? 
is heartbreaking. Maybe in his dying breath he called on the name of the Lord. The preacher never mentioned that. Jesus saves. He really saves. And it would impact our earthly existence if we are saved. Verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Real faith will produce the fruit of good works. It just will. We're not saved by good works. We're saved by grace through faith. And that is not of ourselves. For good works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus that we should walk in the good works he prepared before we existed. You see that? Maybe nobody's going to approach me as I'm preaching to the choir. I don't know. Verse 21 of chapter 2 of the book of James again says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. So he was declared to be righteous in Genesis 15 because he believed God. So he was already justified. But in Genesis 22, when he offered up his son, that was proof in the pudding faith. You talk about it. Wow. He had faith for a miraculous son. It wavered, but God strengthened his faith and kind of went sideways with the servant girl named Hagar, and the world has problems to this day because of that lack of faith endeavor. But his faith was proven by this experience. Let's look at Genesis 22. I'm just going to skip through this a little bit. Genesis 22.1, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. So he's a miracle son. He was his only son, miracle son, Isaac, whom you love. So this is a huge test. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What? But because Abraham was a believer, he trusted him. So verse 3, Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place. So they've been traveling for three days. One theologian says, for three days, Isaac was as good as dead. So let's, let's see the gospel in this story. He believed in the birth of his miraculous son, his beloved son. And for three days, his son was as good as dead. And then Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So he had faith to believe in either the substitutionary provision for his son's death or the resurrection of his son. Because by faith he said, we're coming back to you. Y'all stay here. You 
You see that? So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. So his son is carrying the wood that he is destined at that point to be sacrificed on. Are you seeing the gospel in this? And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. He said, Look, the fire, the wood, didn't say the knife, but he knew it. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Here's another expression of Abraham's faith. He said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. There's a substitution to meet the requirement. A lamb. You see the gospel yet? So the two of them went together. They came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Bound and laid on the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know, this is Genesis twenty-two twelve. Now I know that you fear God. How did the angel of the Lord know this? Abraham's works, his acts of obedience. Now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. This is God talking, the angel of the Lord. Verse 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. A thorn bush. Further parallels with the gospel in this thing. It's amazing. So Abraham went, took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. Or the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Literally, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will see to your need. Because he sees, he will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Within eyesight of this spot was Mount Calvary. This was a prophetic experience. This is why Abraham's faith saved him, because he believed the gospel. Verse 23, the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. The angel Lord says, now I know. So what I just read you from Genesis 22, the angel of the Lord says, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked there behind him, was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. So Abraham went, took the ram, offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided or shall be seen. This, my friends, is the gospel. We believe in the birth of a miraculous son. 
the seed of Abraham. We believe in the substitutionary death that he paid for us all. Seeing our need, he provided the way out legally where the principalities and powers throughout the universe and throughout the multiverses and ages cannot point a hand to God and say he's not just because justice was served through his own son. That is the gospel. Our faith should never be in our faith. Literally, our faith should never be in our works or in our faith, but in Jesus Christ alone, who said, it is finished. Galatians 3, 8, and 9, in conclusion, says the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. He is our father. And he was justified before the law. He was justified before circumcision. He was justified before the Torah. And we too can be grafted in and justified like he was. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that the gospel would take root in all of us, that we would believe the good news in the birth of your son, the death of your son, the resurrection of your son, the full payment of your son, and the promises of your son to us all. Lord, by faith we recognize we have been grafted into your kingdom and that we are inspired by that. And we won't have to sweat to do good works. We will just want to obey you. And Lord, I pray for those in this room that are struggling with obeying you because they've been hurt. They've been betrayed. They've been disappointed. Their expectations have not been met. Lord, may we draw strength from your example. You're a high priest. You've been touched in every point as we have been touched with temptation. Lord, may we not yield to that temptation, but may we draw strength from you and get to know you in the fellowship of your sufferings so that we can live what we believe. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit. in his
problem with American Christianity is there's far too much cherry-picking from the Bible. It's written in paragraphs, folks. Let's read it all. And lest I be accused of cherry-picking Paul, let's just read some Paul before we go. Romans 4, talking about Abraham, says, Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And that faith produced obedience, because Isaac was not conceived immaculately. He was conceived miraculously, which involved both the man and the woman at work conceiving a child. Of course, the woman has the hardest work, right, when birthing happens. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Chapter 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that peace will spill over into having peace with one another. Can I get an amen? Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, produces character. And character produces hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given for us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners or still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only that, we also rejoice in God. That's a work. That's an action. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. In dealing with our sin, God took the ultimate sin. The ultimate. There was no one more innocent than Jesus to receive our punishment. It was so ultimate that God allowed his son to be abused. You know, slap me around, that's hard to take. But hurt my child, oh no you didn't. The earth should have melted at that point. But in his mercy, God transformed that. So no sin could not be covered by that one. And says, I'm going to forgive whoever comes to me and calls upon my name. And so believing that, receiving that, it has to have an impact where we stop living by our feelings and live by our faith. Stop living by the culture, our customs, and start living by our faith in the word. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, we would exalt you in all things. 
that our story would not stop right now, but it would include the grace through which you saved us, that we received through the faith you gave us, <laughs> through the offering you paid for us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Wonderful Jesus. Oh, what a Savior. Wonderful Jesus. Oh, what a Savior. may your word change our personal culture. May your word change our lifestyles. May your word impact our relationships and heal them. Lord, may your word bring life to everyone related to us in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray if anyone here does not know you, they would call upon you before the sun goes down. Lord, I ask they call upon you before they leave this building. In Jesus' name, Lord, may they just turn to someone and say, I'm ready. I believe the gospel. God has given me saving faith. I'm ready to call. 
You can do it today. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in every area of your life except where you are in disobedience to him. May he disturb that so that your peace can be real and have content and not be religious. In Jesus' name, everybody said, go get them, tigers. Hallelujah. Oh, what a Savior, wonderful.